and understanding and walking in our new identity in Christ Jesus. How many of you know we have a new identity in Christ? Amen. Amen. And so I pray that this series has been beneficial to you. I know it has been to me. I've been impacted and changed through the study uh, of this topic. And God has challenged me personally to a new level of, of releasing God's character and personality through my life. And so we've been talking about who are you. Look around to ask your neighbor, who are you this morning? Who are you? Well, hey, you really the question ought to be what well, Askar says, who am I? You know, what has God, who has God created me to be? Uh, because we, until we understand that, we'll never be able to do what he's called us to do if we don't embrace who he's called us to be and who we are in Christ. Everyone say in Christ. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17 is our keynote verse. We've been looking at it over and over, and I pray today you've got it memorized. If you don't have this memorized, just go home. Don't eat lunch today until you get this memorized, okay? Uh, In fact, look at your neighbor and say, we've got to get this one down. Tell somebody, we've got to get this one down. We've got to get this down. 2 Corinthians 5, 17, Paul the apostle said this, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, everyone say in Christ. That's the, hey, underline that in your Bible. It's okay to write that in Christ because that word in, a little bitty word, it means a whole lot. It means uh, in a fixed position. If there is anyone established in a fixed position in Christ, he is a what? A whole new creation. And it says, old things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. Now, there's a quandary here with most of us because I meet uh, Christians all the time. They say, well, pastor, you know, I've got Jesus living in my heart, but I'm not experiencing that new creation. I'm still battling the old life, and, it, and, it's, passed, and it's supposed to be passed away. What's going on? Well, it's a two-pronged understanding here because, in fact, Jesus said it this way in John 15, 5. He said, I'm the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him. You see, it's, it's a two-part program. You see, just because Jesus abides in your heart does not mean you're abiding in him. Do you get it? Look at your neighbor and ask him. Because if you don't get this, we might as well go, go, go to lunch. Did you get that? It, it's a two-part program. Christ in me and I in him. Everyone say, Christ in me and I in him. Jesus said in John 15, 5, if you abide in me and I in you, he said it's a two-part program. He said you'll, you'll bear much fruit. Everyone say much fruit. And then he said apart from me you can do nothing. So it's important for us to understand not only should we invite Jesus Christ into our heart, but we should fix ourselves in him and began to understand who we are in him as a new creation. And I've been hammering this over and over and over and over and over again because if we don't understand this, we're we're frustrated, we're stuck, we're not moving forward, and we're not becoming more like Christ. So, uh, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. I began to share with you this past month about some what the Bible says we are. In fact, understand something. We are some things, amen. As a, as a Christian and as a saint, as a child of God, we realize, hey, number one, we're sons of God. All the sons and daughters of God say amen. Galatians says we are sons of God through faith in Jesus Christ. 
Then we talked about the fact that we're saints. Some people think you've got to work towards sainthood. Listen, when you got born again, the declaration over your life was that you are sanctified. You are a saint of God. In fact, Paul addressed the Corinthian church, and he said, to those who are called saints. And we know that the Corinthian church had some issues. Look around you and, and just look around and say, you got some issues in your life. We all have a few issues. we got things going on. Well, Paul addressed the church that had some serious issues, moral issues, theological issues, relational issues. They had all kinds of issues. And he said to the church, those who are sanctified in Christ, called saints, all the saints said amen. When you begin to realize who you are, it changes who you are. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. You see, say, get this in your head. When you begin to realize who you are in Christ, it changes who you are. How many of you realize if you realize, hey, I'm a direct inheritor from Bill Gates. All of a sudden you realize you're his great lost nephew or niece and as a result, you had a gazillion dollars. Wait, hey, it changed, the, it changed everything about you, wouldn't it? People tell stories. They'd say, oh, if, I, if all of a sudden I came into a gazillion dollars, it wouldn't change who I am. Oh, yes, it would. That's probably why most of us haven't been blessed with a gazillion dollars. But when we understand who we are in Christ, it changes who we are. We realize that according to the Word of God, we are members of the body of Christ. We may be good members or bad members, but members nonetheless. How many of you got some members of your family are not real good members of your family? Anybody? All right. How many of you are not very good members of your family? Come on. <laughs> I've about got you. It doesn't change that you are a member of the family. You see, my kids could all run off and, you know, snub their nose at me. It doesn't, it, guess what? They're still members of the family. And when you realize, hey, we're members of the body of Christ, it'll change who you are. And you begin to function that way. And then we started talking about uh, the fact that we are ambassadors for Christ. We've been camped out there. We are ambassadors for Christ. And if you're in 2 Corinthians chapter 5, look back there. It said again in verse 17. I'm going to read it again and give you the context. He says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things become new. And I love these next few verses. Therefore, if any, oh, I'm going to read it again. Now, all things are of God, verse 18, who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ. Now, folks, that little phrase is hugely important to our understanding of eternity and being ambassadors for, for Christ. Through Jesus Christ, we have been reconciled, made right with God through the work of Jesus Christ. And he says, and he has given to us the ministry of reconciliation. He has given to us. Now, I got to stop here and we may, you know what, we may be here a while because I'm just getting all inspired. We got to stop here and just realize Jesus did his part on the cross. And he left planet earth so we could do our part in the world. And that he has given to us, he said, Jesus did his part. He, he provided a way for God and man to be reconciled together and now, now has invested within us and given to us and delegated unto us the ministry of reconciliation. In other words, the whole plan for man to get back in right relationship with God has been invested in his kids. You got it? And he goes on and he says, that is, here it is, verse 19. <clears throat> that God was in Christ 
reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses to them, and has committed to us the word of reconciliation. He, he basically said the same thing in two different verses a little different way. And then he says in verse 20, now then, everyone say now then. In other words, because of what I just told you, now then we are, everyone say we are. Look at your neighbor and say you are. Look at yourself and say I am. Now then, let's read this together. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ. As though God were pleading through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. You see, Paul understood who he was. He's trying to get this church that, by the way, had issues to come to a place where they realized who they were in Christ that they were sons of God and saints of God and members of the body of Christ. And as a result, now they are ambassadors for Christ. And we know that an ambassador is basically a representative or a delegated authority. And we have been delegated authority from God. In fact, we learn uh, that ambassadors, by the nature of who they are, have authority. We talked about the ambassador's authority. Uh, and we talked about the ambassador's uh, 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 attitude. And we've been Kind of, kind of looking at all of who we are as an ambassador. And you say, oh, preacher, now, wait a minute now. I'm just a Christian. I don't put that off on me, preacher. We got evangelists who can do that job. I'm just a humble servant in the house of God. I Don't put that ambassador title on me. Well, if you're born again, uh, you are ambassador. You may not be an embracing of the ambassadorship that God has created you. In fact, Proverbs 13, 17 says, a wicked uh, uh, messenger brings trouble, but a faithful ambassador ambassador brings health. You see, we've got to embrace the reality of who we are and begin to walk in our new identity in Christ and, to fulf and fulfill God's eternal purpose in the earth, bringing God and man back into right relationship with one another. All the ambassadors said, amen. Look at your neighbor and say, it's good to meet an ambassador. Let's give them a handshake, a high five. It's got, I always wanted to know an ambassador. We are ambassadors for Christ. It's not something we're working towards. It's who we are. If you belong to Jesus, it's who you are. If you've been born again, it's who you are. And we've got to begin to embrace who we are because let me say it again. Once you understand who you are, it'll change who you are. Come on now. How many, let's be honest. How many of you got some things in your life need to change? You read the Bible, ooh, that needs to change, this needs to change. How many of you still, come on, let's be honest. Yeah, the old, some of the old things haven't quite uh, disappeared yet. Come on now. Uh, and, and you, you want to you embrace your new identity in Christ? Hey, you begin to fix yourself in him. In fact, Wednesday night, I'm, let me just say, I'm going to really officially conclude this series on Wednesday night. And, and I've been meditating and pondering some things. And I got a feeling I'm going to talk about the, the, that word fixed. Some things we get fixed. How many of you know fix means to heal some things and change some things? But how many of you know we need to be fixed in him? And that's the secret to this whole thing. What do I need to do as a believer, as a child of God, to fix myself in him? And so Wednesday night, I want to encourage you to be here as we talk about getting fixed. Look at your neighbor and say, we got to get fixed. There's some things we need to fix, <laughs> amen? And so that's Wednesday night. So today we officially conclude our Sunday morning uh, 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 ministry concerning who, who are you discovering your true identity in Christ, talking about the ambassador's advantage.
Because as an ambassador for Christ, you have a distinct advantage above the world, above the enemies, above the, uh, uh, over all the, the conflict in the world that would try to resist you as a representative of Jesus Christ. And from the days of Je- hey, when, from the days Jesus Christ was born, from the day he was born, there was a resistance to him. And the world has tried to resist him and tried to resist you. But could I, could I give you some global good news? You know, a lot of us, we look at the world around us, we look at our little bitty world and we think, we look at our little bitty world and we make a judgment about the whole world. But let me tell you something, there's a lot of global good news going on. I've read some statistics that have been validated through a number of different sources. Uh, You know, it's hard to, uh, some people look at at spiritual statistics or church statistics from a denominational standpoint, but there's some people begin to look at the global move of God in the earth and they've begun to tabulate and realize that the church, the, the, let me say this, Christianity, bona fide born-again believers, the church is growing by about 8% a year. Now, that doesn't sound like a lot, but do the math. I'm telling you, the church is taking over. Somebody say amen. The gospel of Jesus Christ is going into all the earth, and the reason that it is is because we have a distinct advantage over every other religion, over every other belief system, over every demon, devil, and hell. Look at your neighbor say, we've got the advantage. Now, let me explain to you this morning. Turn, uh, hold your place in 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and turn over to John chapter 14, 15, and 16. John 14, 15, and 16, Jesus is, and really, this is what he was doing with his disciples the entire three years of his ministry, but uh, John 14, 15, and 16, he's really beginning to prepare them for his departure. In fact, John 17, he's praying to God and, and really committing these, these disciples to the, the phase two of reaching the whole world for Jesus Christ. So he's preparing them for their ambassadorship. He's pouring into their life. For three years, Jesus pours into these disciples. And I'm excited about uh, the, the reality that Jesus didn't, you know, uh, just go out and grab the most religious people. He, he went out and grabbed, you know, just everyday folks, people who maybe not have passed the test from our understanding, but people like Peter who are just good old boys who, who just didn't have a clue, and God poured into their life and empowered them and used them mightily. How many of you know he chooses the weak things of the world to confound the wise? And he's pouring into these disciples and he's preparing them for his departure. And look what he says in John 16, verse seven. And this blew their mind, by the way, they did not get this because they were, they were not the sharpest knife in the drawer. And they just continued to have this mindset that Jesus was going to build his kingdom on earth. And they were going to be able to all be his delegated authorities on earth. They didn't understand the, the, the big picture. And so when Jesus says this, they, it, it was no comp, How do you say it in Spanish? No comprehende? No no comprende? No comprende. No comprende. He said, nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is to your advantage that I go away. Now, I'm telling you right there, the disciples clicked out of gear. They thought, no, he ain't going away. In fact, Peter probably was thinking, hey, that's where he's getting a little delusional. It's to your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper, big H, will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. Now, 
understand something about Jesus. He came to do his part, but also prepare his disciples to do their part or prepare us to do our part. And when you think about reaching the whole world for Jesus Christ, there's, there was a vital necessity for the power and the presence of God to abide not just in Jesus, but in all his disciples. And that's why he said, it's to your advantage that I go away. Because if I don't go away, the helper can't come. Everyone say the helper. Now, I love the Greek. It's the paraclete. It means the one brought alongside to help. You see, he, he will never leave us or forsake us. In fact, if you go back to John 14, oh gosh, it says verse 17. Uh, no, verse 16. And I will pray the Father, and he will give you another helper, and he may abide with you forever. See, the, he knew we needed the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit in our life on a daily basis to fulfill the purpose of God in the earth. And so... Get, get this. This is cool. God looked down and he said, okay, we've got to win the whole world to Jesus Christ. We have, a, we have a responsibility to share the gospel with the whole world. How are we going to do that? Through the ministry of Jesus on earth? No. Through the ministry of Jesus and God through the power of the Holy Spirit in his people. And so catch this. I want to give you three big words that, that, that become uh, uh, phenomenally important for us as believers and ambassadors for Jesus Christ. Understand this, Jesus preparing his disciples for their ambassadorship, he knew they needed the Holy Spirit in their life to help them and empower them and equip them. And basically who the Holy Spirit is, is God dwelling within us through his spirit. You got it? And so therefore, as a spirit-filled believer, we have direct access, number one, into his omnipotence. Everyone say omnipotence. What does it mean to be omnipotent? Anybody know? Omnipotent God. All-powerful. How many of you know it takes power to, be, uh, uh, to win the world to Jesus Christ? And in fact, what did Jesus say in John chapter 8, verse 1 and 2? He said this concerning uh, the Holy Spirit coming upon his disciples. He said, go to Jerusalem, the resurrected Christ, by the way, said, go to Jerusalem and wait for the promise of the Father. And when the promise of the Father comes upon you, you will receive what? Power. Somebody say power. And that word power is, is, is like where we get the word dynamite, supernatural power, uh, to be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Judea, and Samaria, and the uttermost parts of the earth. You see, when you get filled with the Holy Spirit and you tap into the power of God in your life, you have the omnipotent God living on the inside of you, the all-powerful God. Somebody say amen right there. And so when we look at our role as an ambassador, we realize, wait a minute, through the power of the Holy Spirit, the all-powerful God lives on the inside of me. Look out, devil. Come on, somebody say, look out, devil. And so we have the advantage. Look at your neighbor and say, we got the advantage. Come on, tell somebody. Hey, it's group participation. We have the advantage when we allow the Holy Spirit to live in us. And not only do we have direct access into his omnipotence, we have direct access into his omnipresence. Now, what is that? Omnipresence. He's everywhere. Say it loud, Jeremy. He's everywhere. Now, until, G until the Holy Spirit fell upon the church, he was not everywhere. 
In fact, in the Old Testament days, the only place he was was in the tabernacle. Hello. And we were left to our own devices, basically. And if you wanted to be in the presence of God, and by the way, you couldn't get into the real close presence of God because if you came in there unprepared, you go, hello, and you'd be in heaven or wherever. But when Jesus came, the Bible says that that uh, uh, that uh, curtain was was torn, and and now we have direct access into the presence of God. And 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 then when Jesus came to the to the earth before he died, God was in Christ and was ministering to the world through Jesus. But when Jesus left, his presence was made manifest into the church through the power of the Holy Spirit, and now he's everywhere. He's omnipresent. What a great commission, genius idea that God looked down and said, I'll just put my presence in all the believers, all the Christians, and they'll be filled with my spirit, and they'll go into all the world and make disciples. And so as a spirit filled, what an advantage. You see, Foreign countries, third world governments don't need to wait on some person to come. God can show up in and through each person. People can be born again. And so he's omnipresent. Number three, as a spirit-filled believer, what an advantage we have. And we have by way of the spirit of God, we tap into and have direct access not only into God's omnipotence and omnipresence, but his omniscience. What does it mean to be omniscient? Come on, say it, all-knowing. What an advantage. In fact, Jesus in different places shared this, but in John 16, verse 3, where you were just a few moments ago, let me go over there. He said this concerning the Holy Spirit. He said, uh, he said and these things they will do to you because they have not known you, but these things I told you that when the time comes, you may remember that I told you of them. And then he goes on down, and he says in verse 13, that's where, where I really wanted to be. He said, however, when he, the Spirit of truth, has come. He will guide you into all truth. He's, he's all-knowing. As a spirit-filled believer, don't shout me down, you have the all-knowing presence of God in your life, and he knows everything. And in fact, the Bible says he will tell you things to do. What an advantage. We have the power of the Holy Spirit in our life. So it's so important for us as believers and as ambassadors to tap into the power of the Holy Spirit and begin to allow the Spirit of God to be made manifest through us. Now let's go back to this Corinthian church. Go back to Corinthians chapter 5. Paul the apostle has been ministering to this church. He's been dealing with their issues. If you read 1st and 2nd Corinthians, he's dealing with their issues and he's helping them and he's training them and he's preparing them and he's bringing them to this point in chapter 5 where he introduces them to the real purpose of God for their life and he says, now then you are ambassadors for Christ. And so in, the, in this discourse and in this letter, he introduces the Holy Spirit once again into their life uh, and, and reveals to them again the importance of embracing the power of the Holy Spirit in their life. In verse 5, he says this, now he who has prepared us for this very thing is God. Now stop right there. What he's talking about, if we went back and look at the context, he's talking about eternity with Christ. 
And he's telling the, 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 the Corinthians, hey, don't worry about it. Uh, you, you've got a place in heaven. How many of you thank God you're on your way to heaven? Amen. He said, well, just not today. I don't want to go today. But hey, you know, Paul the apostle came to his place in his life where he said, I'd rather be in heaven than on earth, but I'll stay here on earth for the benefit of others. But he was embracing and in in He's getting the, this, these, this church to embrace the reality. Hey, don't sweat the small stuff. You're on your way to heaven. And he says, now he who has prepared us for this very thing is God, who also has given us the Spirit as a guarantee. He's given us the Spirit as a guarantee. Everyone say guarantee. How many of you know that's a powerful word? In fact, it's a financial word, and, and the, the, the Corinth was a great financial hub in Jesus' day, and so he uses a financial word. That word guarantee means maybe a down payment or an earnest deposit. Anyone ever had to put down a down payment on anything? You know, you, and what does that kind of, It guarantees that you're going to do what you said you would do. And here... Paul the apostle comes to the church and he says, let me tell you something. I'm about to tell you something really important about who you are as an ambassador. But let me just get this straight right up front. I've already given you the Holy Spirit. It's my promise and guarantee you that I'll never leave you or forsake you, that you're on your way to heaven, that you have nothing to worry about. You can be my ambassador. You can be who God, hey, because you have already given you my spirit. As a, in fact, another place uh, in 1 Corinthians, it says we've been sealed by the Holy Spirit. It's like an identifier. And a down, he said, oh, I'm giving you a down payment for your future place in glory. In other words, you can bank on it. You can, you can trust me. And so every time I experience the power of the Holy Spirit in my life and him moving through me, that's just the down payment. I've got a future day in glory with Christ. And so with that understanding, and if you were here Wednesday night, you know that we went through all, there's at least 12 direct references in both the Corinthian letters to the Holy Spirit. This is the last one. And he said, get it. I've been talking to you about the Holy Spirit. We're going to look at some of them again this morning. But he said, get this. This is just the down payment. Whew, somebody say Amen. We ought to have great, great anticipation and expectation for what God not only wants to do through us, but, hey, where we're headed one day in eternity. Amen? So with that in mind this morning, for the next few moments, I want to look at some verses in Corinthians and talk about this ambassador's advantage. Because you see, when you get the Holy Spirit upon your life, there's an anointing comes upon you. Anointing of the Holy Spirit to accomplish great things for him. He empowers you for your responsibility and role as an ambassador for Jesus Christ. And so this morning, realize this. And I'm going to give you a five-fold advantage of the Holy Spirit's influence in your life as an ambassador for Jesus Christ. If you're taking notes, let me give you the first one. As Spirit-filled believers. As ambassadors for Christ who have been spirit-filled, we've been anointed, number one, with supernatural, the advantage of a supernatural manifestation of God's presence in and through our lives. Everyone say manifestation. 
Let me show this to you in 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Take a left. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. Look what Paul the Apostle says about, and in fact, Paul the Apostle was one smart cookie when it comes to uh, the natural man. He was a very, uh, you know, had a lot of uh, knowledge in his head. And, and, and in fact, he said, I'm laying all that down and I'm setting it all aside. And look what he says in verse, oh gosh, 2 and 3 and 4. He says, for I determined not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. That is the message, right? He said, I I was with you in weakness and fear and in much trembling. And catch verse 4, and my speech and my preaching were not with persuasive words of human wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power. That word demonstration means manifestation. What he was saying, catch this, is the Spirit of God in me has made manifest the presence of God through me. And then he goes on to say that your faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Time out. Pause just a moment. How many of you know the same Holy Spirit that uh, that dwelled in Paul the Apostle lives and dwells within us? And my friend, understand something as an ambassador today. We can embrace this promise that the Holy Spirit, catch this, he doesn't just want to move to you and manifest himself to you. He wants to manifest himself through you. To a world that is in desperate need of a Savior. In fact, when you study the gifts of the Spirit, in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, I think it's verse 7, he said these gifts of the Spirit are a manifestation of the Spirit in your life for the profit of others. You see... The gifts of the Spirit, the power and the presence of the Holy Spirit in your life, the advantage you have is that the power of God, that all-powerful, that that supernatural power of God is manifest through your life to others. I believe it's time. Look at your neighbor. Touch somebody on the shoulder. It's time. Come on, tell somebody it's time. It's time for for us to allow the Holy Spirit to begin to move through us and show himself mighty through us. You say, but wait, preacher, what? Hey, wait, we're ambassadors. We have the manifest presence of the Holy Spirit, manifest presence of God in our life. The omnipotent God lives on the inside of us. And so we can allow, we, we, we have access to the, to the supernatural power of God and the manifestation of the Spirit of God through our life. Amen. You know what? You know, I've been doing what I do for a long time. You know what a lot of people do? A lot of Spirit-filled people. They come to church and they're looking for a manifestation. And if they see one, they go, whoo. God showed up in the church. But listen, that's just a little bitty part. God doesn't just want to show off for his kids. He wants to manifest himself through you in supernatural power. Look at your neighbor and say, you've got the power of the Holy Spirit. Tell somebody. Tell it, and give it a little punch. Say, you got the power. Tell them. you got the power. Ryan, you got the power. We got the power of God living on the inside of us. And so we've been anointed with supernatural power, and we have acts as an ambassador. We have the advantage of the manifest power and the presence of God in our life. I think of Elijah, even back when he, you know, Elijah had the power and the presence of God in his life. And you know what? 
uh, he, was, he stood up against the prophets of Baal. And, and they did all they could do to try to get their gods to do, you know, call down fire. Nothing happened. But, hey, step back. Who is, where is the Lord God of Elijah and Eli- Manifestation. You look at the first century church, what do you see? Manifestation. Peter on his way to the temple to pray. Supernatural manifestation. People being healed and delivered. Touched by the power of Almighty God. That's what the Holy Spirit is here to do through you. Everyone say, through me. The second thing I see in the, in the, book of, in the two books of the Corinthians uh, to this Corinthian church is that as an ambassador, we have the, we've been anointed not only with a supernatural manifestation, but we have a supernatural, we have the advantage of a supernatural declaration of God. In other words, the, the Spirit of God will speak through us. And we see that operating in the church. We see it in Peter's life. In fact, 2 Corinthians 5, 20, what did it say? It is as though God himself were speaking through us. Did you know God can speak through you? Again, most people, Lord, speak to me. Lord, I need a word, Lord. Speak to me, Lord. How many of you know there's nothing wrong with God's mouth? Come on, everybody say it. There's nothing wrong with God's mouth. You want him to really speak to you? How many of you want him to really speak to you? You want to hear his voice? Let me just say, put yourself in a place where he can speak through you. Because he'll, he'll speak to you so he can speak through you. Because that's the real purpose for your life. Listen carefully. The purpose of the Holy Spirit is not just to speak to you and always get you out of a jam. The Holy Spirit is not just a gimme machine, as my old friend used to say, where, give me this, give me that. I want this, I want that. Holy Spirit, I need you. Holy Spirit, touch me, help me, fix me. Oh, I, I need, no, listen, he'll speak to you if he knows he can speak through you. If he doesn't know he can speak through you, I'm not sure he's going to speak to you. Because the real purpose of your life is for him to speak through you. Peter gets up full of the Holy Spirit and begins to speak under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit. 3,000 plus people are born again. Paul the Apostle said, I read it earlier, my speech and my preaching were not of enticing words of man's wisdom, but in demonstration of the Spirit and of power. In other words, the Lord, the Holy Ghost, got a hold of my mouth. And I began to speak. In fact, go back to Jesus. When he picked up the Bible or picked up the scrolls, the Old Testament, turned over to Isaiah. You can read it in Luke chapter 4, verse 18. He reads the Old Testament passage, prophetic passage, and says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he has anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. What an advantage we have. For the anointing of God to come upon our mouth. We become his voice as though God were speaking through us. What an advantage. You know what most people's deal is when it comes to being an ambassador? (laughs) I don't know what to say. What do I do, preacher? In fact, can you talk to them? If I bring them to you, would you talk to them? Because I don't know what to say. 
The Bible says he'll give us the word. In fact, one, we don't have time to go there, but one of the real benefits of the Holy Spirit, it's as though the Spirit of God writes our story on our heart. We have a story. We have a testimony that the Spirit of God writes upon our hearts. And Paul said, you're our epistle written upon your hearts by the power of the Holy Spirit. You've got a story. We can declare it. And God anoints it. And it works. It works. Everybody say it works. When God begins to speak through you, it works. Amen. And so we have a great advantage as ambassadors. We have access to the power of the Holy Spirit. And as a result, we have the advantage of supernatural manifestation of his power and presence, not just to us, but through us. We have the advantage uh, and access to a supernatural declaration of his word, not just to us, but through us. And it, has the, it is as though God were speaking through us. Be reconciled to God. I'll never forget one of the first real joys of embracing this as a young preacher. It was before I was married. It was early on in my spirit-filled life. We ministered to a boys' home in Gatesville, Texas. Our choir went, and I was the worship leader and the speaker. And as I finished up worship, leading a little worship songs, there was a whole sanctuary full of renegade boys. And it was as though the Spirit of God came upon me. And it was like God was speaking through me. And in 10 minutes, I'm telling you, it doesn't take long when the Holy Ghost gets on you. In 10 minutes, the entire boys' home came to the altar weeping, asking Jesus into their hearts. Why? Because of the Holy Spirit. He convicts, remember? He's the convictor. I didn't tell you that part. He says, it's to your advantage that I go away. If I don't go away, the Holy Spirit can't come. But if I go away, he'll come and he will convict the world of sin. And so through the inspired word of God, he convicted their hearts. We have the advantage. If we walk in the Spirit, we have access to the power of the Holy Spirit, his omnipotence, his omnipresence, his omniscience. And so as a result, we have supernatural manifestation and a supernatural declaration of the Word of God coming through our life. And number three, we've already talked about it, but we have access and we have a supernatural, through the power of the Holy Spirit, revelation, insight into the hearts and minds of people. In fact, if you were to go to 1 Corinthians chapter 2, you would see this again and, and where Paul the apostle said, hey, listen, we have a revelation insight by the power of the Holy Spirit. In fact, it, it, he says this, gosh, there's a lot here. He says, uh, uh, but I, verse 9, let's just jump in there. He's talking about speaking the, the, the wisdom of God in a mystery. He said, I has not seen nor ear heard nor entered the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love them. But God has revealed them to us through his Spirit. What did he say in John 16? He will guide you into all truth. You have the omniscient God living on the inside of you who knows everything. 
and he will reveal to you what you need revealed to get accomplished what he needs you to accomplish. He will not leave you in the dark. Look at your neighbor and say, he'll not leave you in the dark. Come on, tell somebody else. He's not going to leave us in the dark. He'll reveal to us what we need revealed in our life. The problem is most people want him to reveal things that we don't need to know anything about. But when it comes to being an ambassador for him, in fact, you know what Jesus said? How many of you know Jesus was an ambassador for God? He said, here's what I tell you. I only speak and tell you the things that I hear the Father speak. The Father gives me revelation, and I share it with you. Could I tell you today, that's what God wants to do through you. You see, if you'll get up in the morning, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to make it real. If we'll get up in the morning, and we'll begin to walk in the Spirit, we'll begin to get the anointing of the Spirit of God on our life, we'll begin to give the Holy Spirit permission, begin to move through our life and say, I just don't want you to manifest yourself to me. I just don't want you to speak to me. I just don't want you to reveal yourself to me. I want you to reveal yourself and re- reveal Jesus through me this day, I'm guarantee you the Holy Ghost will come upon you. And you will be empowered as an ambassador and he'll begin to speak things. Not just to you, but through you. He'll begin to reveal things. That's what a lot of the gifts of the Spirit are. They're revelation gifts. They're inspiration gifts. Word of wisdom. Word of knowledge. For the benefit of others. Amen. You see, he wants to reveal Jesus, not just to you. And he does. How many of you thank God for the Holy Spirit revealing Jesus to your life? Whoo! How many of you can go back and remember where, where the Holy Spirit convicted you and you realized you were lost and needed a Savior and Jesus was his name? I thank God for our salvation. Somebody say, thank God for my salvation. But now, the next part is, he wants to reveal himself through you. Through your life and ministry, people see Jesus in you. How? By the power of the Holy Spirit. You see, as an ambassador, we have the advantage. We've been anointed with supernatural manifestation, supernatural declaration, God's anointed word over our life, supernatural revelation. And oh, I love number four. We have a supernatural liberation available to us. Look in 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verse 17. I love this one. 2 Corinthians 3, verse 17. He says, now the Lord is the Spirit. And where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's what? Come on, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is? Somebody say liberty. In other words, when the Spirit of the Lord is abiding in in, in your life, there's liberty, not only in your life, but you are a minister of that liberty. What did Jesus say in John, uh, Luke 4 when he picked up the scroll? The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he's anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. And then he says to proclaim liberty to those who are bound. To bring liberty to those who are bound and those who are all, all tied up in knots. To bring liberty from sin, the world, and the devil. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. Let me ask you a question. How many of you have some people in and around your life that all tied up in knots. And you say, well, if they could just get shake free from this or that. Listen, we have the liberator on the inside. The Holy Spirit brings freedom. How many of you got free from some things that you never could get free of until the Holy Spirit came in your life and began to deliver you? Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. We've got the liberating gospel. 
of Jesus Christ through the power of the Holy Spirit living and abiding in us. Where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. You stir up the Spirit of God and begin to walk in the anointing of the Spirit of God, you bring great liberty to those around you. The Holy Spirit not only wants to liberate you, but He wants to liberate others through you. Be free in Jesus' name. And number five, as an ambassador for Christ, we have the advantage through the power of the Holy Spirit. and We have, anoint, we have an anointed. We've been anointed with supernatural transformation. Look at that same couple of verses there, 2 Corinthians 3, verse 17 and 18. He said, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. But look in verse 18, but we all with unveiled face, beholding as in a mirror, the glory of the Lord are being what? Somebody say transformed. And catch how this transformation is taking place. We're being transformed into the same image from glory to glory. Everyone say glory to glory. That means level to level. How many of you know we're not there yet? We're at a level, but how many of you know God wants to continue to, to make, take us to another level in our relationship with Christ to be more like him? We're being transformed into the same image from glory to glory. See, the problem was we were made in the image of God, but sin perverted who we were, and Jesus Christ came along to get us back to our original identity. And as we behold him, we're being transformed into his image from glory to glory just as by, catch this, the Spirit of the Lord. The Holy Spirit brings transformation into our life. The word transformation, the Greek word, uh, is related to the word metamorphosis. Metamorpho, metamorphosis. Anybody know anything about metamorphosis? What, give me an illustration of something that has gone through a metamorphosis. Oh, you got it. It's the butterfly because the butterfly was not always a butterfly. The butterfly was an ooey-gooey, little, squirmy, little, ugly, little, scary, little worm. A caterpillar, if you will. And did you know there is nothing in the DNA and the makeup of a caterpillar that says butterfly? You can't take a caterpillar and kind of look underneath his little legs and find some little wings kind of sticking out. He's a caterpillar through and through, but he knows that he's not always going to be a caterpillar, and as he builds his little cocoon around him before long, however long the gestation period of transformation is, he's transformed, he's metamorphosed from the little caterpillar into a beautiful butterfly. That's what the Bible says happens to us by the power of the Spirit of God. There's nothing in old Sam that spells butterfly. There's nothing in old Sam that spells the image of Christ. Sin came along and polluted old Sam, and he's, a, he's born in sin, and in sin did his mother conceive him. But God showed up through his mercy and grace and caused me to be born again and gave me the Holy Spirit that begins to go to work on me, transforming me into a whole new creation in Christ Jesus. And get me back to my original identity. You know, another reason a lot of people don't step up to their role as an ambassador 
is because they don't feel worthy. They've yet to understand that, yes, you've been justified, you're declared righteous by God, but now you're in the process of being sanctified, made into His image through the power of the Holy Spirit. God can deal with your mess through the power of His Holy Spirit. Listen, church, this is the hour for ambassadors to rise. We have the advantage through the power of the Holy Spirit working in our life, His omnipotence, His omnipresence, and His omniscience, all available to us to flow through us, not just to us, by the power of the Holy Spirit. Because of that, we have an anointing of a supernatural manifestation of God's Spirit moving through us. We've been anointed with a supernatural advantage of God speaking, declaring as though God were speaking through us, be reconciled to God. We have the advantage of the all-knowing omniscience of God available to us through the power of the Holy Spirit. He'll reveal His truth, not just to us, but through us. We have the advantage of great liberating power because where the Spirit of the Lord is, there's liberty. And the Spirit of God is transforming lives all over the world. Why? Because people are allowing Him to move through their life. We are ambassadors for Christ. That's who we are. And as a, the proverb said, a faithful ambassador brings health. How many of you want to be a faithful ambassador for Christ? I want you to stand with me today. We're going to take a little time this morning to allow the Holy Spirit to have his way in our life. And I'm going to pray a prayer of empowerment today. Jesus told his disciples, he said, don't, don't leave here without the power of the Holy Spirit in your life. Because when the Holy Spirit comes upon you, you'll receive power to be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria and the uttermost parts of the earth. I'm going to pray a, power, a prayer of empowerment and, and release of the Holy Spirit. You know what Jesus spoke to his disciples, the resurrected Christ, when he walked into the room with them? He said, receive the Holy Spirit. And I pray today we would all receive the power of the Holy Spirit as an ambassador for Christ. Jesus said, it's to your advantage that I go away. What did he have in mind? The whole world needs him. So I'm going to send my spirit to empower my people to be my ambassadors. And it'll be as though God were speaking through us. Be reconciled to God. Let's bow our heads today. With every head bowed and every eye closed, if you're here today and you've never given.